Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al, and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, One Book at a Time. This month, we're discussing, uh, you guessed it, if you guessed the sequence of one to two, book two, The Light Fantastic. Oh, God, math. Yeah, I know. But everyone keeps saying, well, which one are you doing next? Well, it's it's the second one. It's number two. It's the, the book that comes after book one. Math? No, not math. Just plus one. You play D&D, you can at least do plus one. The computer one. does it for me. You know what plus one means. Uh... Let me just tell you what happens in The Light Fantastic. Rincewind and Twoflower, last seen falling off the edge of the disc at the end of The Color of Magic, have been rescued by ominous forces connected with the spell that's stuck inside Rincewind's mind. As a mysterious cataclysm threatens to destroy the disc, they make their way back to Unseen University in Ankh-Morpork to prevent it, or possibly help it along. Still don't know if it's Ankh-Morpork or Ankh-Morpork because I keep listening to audiobooks where a British guy's reading it and I don't know how an American would say that. Ah, uh, who knows. Yeah, probably Ankh, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Doesn't. Terry Pratchett probably sussed it out somewhere. Yeah, possibly, but we can't really ask him now. I mean, we could. Get a we're shovel. N- yeah, we're not going to get an answer. Well, there there go all the, the new listeners. Thanks for that. <laughs> Are the new listeners gone yet? <laughs> so, gotta say, uh, better than the previous book. So much. Like, it was a huge jump in quality. It's yeah, still it really not was. where it's gonna be. Oh, not even close. But when I read the first book, I was sort of like, nah, this is all right, but I probably wouldn't have finished this if I had read it first. But this you, one I would have finished. You also said, going back, you assumed the first one was total garbage, and going back, you said it wasn't as bad as you remembered in the first place. It was not total garbage, but um, if I was if I had picked it up just out of the blue now and didn't know anything yeah. about it, I wouldn't have finished it. Right. This one I would have finished. Yeah. It's definitely better, mm-hmm. and this is the, the good thing that I have chosen to talk about. It's a major leap forward, and it is nowhere close to as good as it'll be, and I hate I, I don't want this to be our rallying cry for the next, like, 10 months. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, just wait till it gets good. It gets real good. I hate being those people, but it really but does. But this is significantly better. The, this one felt like notes that could one day become... A, or, excuse me. The previous one felt like notes that could one mm-hmm. day become a, previous, a, a Discworld book, and this one felt like an actual Discworld book. It did. Like, there were tons of things solidified that we'd never seen before it was more character driven the plot wasn't just a collection of things there was a clear story with stakes and goals and escalating tension like it was obvious what our characters were meant Mm -hmm. to be doing and then they did it and in the previous one they just ran from place to place and we get up the first appearance of a lot of characters Mm -hmm. and concepts we'll see done better in later books which is cool and uh, this one did have more character in it. The yeah. first one didn't, there wasn't much there. Well, there's and Rinse, Wind, and Two Flower, but now we have more guys. I don't mean number of characters, I mean depth of character. No, that's what yeah. I mean. We had those guys kind of fleshed out, yeah. but with this book, I would say the supporting characters, because they stick around for the whole book, mm-hmm. you get inside their heads a little more. Before, it was our main two guys running from character to character, so you never really got a, 
a feel for who these people were and then you'd run to the next people. And it wasn't like a great depth. Like it no. wasn't like, wow, these are fully formed, alive characters, but it was so much better than the last one. It absolutely was. Again, it felt like a novel versus yeah. the previous one feeling like short stories or novellas that sort of were linked together. This very much had a story. And that's the, one of the things that I like so much about Terry Pratchett is the plots are good. The stories yeah. are good. The stories uh, take some twists and turns and have some surprises, but it's also very character focused. Like character focus is like his main thing, but the plots are good too. But... I could point to some of my very favorite Discworld mm -hmm. books where the plot is almost nothing. Like, there is a yeah. plot, but it doesn't matter. It's a story I've seen in fantasy 10,000 times because, and I don't even like fantasy. Mm -hmm. I don't read that much, and I'm familiar with it, so it must be real old to yeah. you. But he does it in a way that's interesting, and it's usually because the focus is on the characters. And you see that pivot a little bit here. It's not, you know, nearly what it's going to be. And, I, again, I hate to keep saying that. Oh, just wait. It gets real good. It does, though. Uh, yeah, it really does. But this book, like I said, if you didn't have any expectations and you just picked up this book, this book pretty good. Yeah, it is. And it felt funnier. In it a was lot of ways. funnier. I laughed. I, I forgot a lot of the jokes. Yeah. Because I haven't read this one in a hundred years. Yeah. Um, and I actually laughed with my mouth. Yeah. There was there was this great running gag. Oh, for... you mean my good thing? No. Do you mean my good thing? I do not, but do you want to go ahead and yeah, talk about that? Speaking of the amazing jokes. <sighs> This is an amazing joke. It's not. No, you, you I, go ahead. Give me oh, the, oh, you want to you want to read the I want to I want to read the actual joke. I want to give it to the people in in, in the words in that it was, Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you should definitely read it glory. in its own words rather than uh yeah. Good luck. Hem. <laughs> I know you don't. Rincewind, all the shops have been smashed open. There are was a whole bunch of people across the street helping themselves to musical instruments. Can you believe that? Yeah, said Rincewind, picking up a knife and testing its blade thoroughly, or thoughtfully. Looters, I expect. L-U-T-E-R-S. Looters. <laughs> uh, yeah, if someone posted that on Facebook, they would get the angry face reaction from me. You guys can't see me, but I'm smiling and pointing at my smile. Yeah, she is. It is terrible. <laughs> this is what I live with all the time. There was another bit like that, too. It was mm -hmm. a little more subtle in the audiobook, but mm -hmm. it was obvi more obvious in print, which was uh, in the beginning, we have uh, these talking trees. Because yes. what happens is they fell off the edge of the disc yep. and then they're rescued by magic and brought back to the edge and the further out you go the more magic there is mm -hmm. and so the magical field creates talking trees among other things and the tree's voice had a magnificent timbre t-i-m-b-r-e <laughs> terrible <laughs> he does that i i read something somewhere where he talked about how he very rarely does puns mm -hmm. and when he does he makes a big deal out of them and so you know this was a big flourish. Yeah, this it absolutely joke. was. So good. It, because it's such a throwaway. Yeah. But then it's like, whoa, I like we're nine tenths of the way through the book. Mm -hmm. I did not expect that kind of humor. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> early on, it felt very um Douglas Adams. Yes. Like even more so than previously. And there was a lot of asides in the in the narration. And the runner that I was originally talking mm -hmm. about was this um and i'm pretty sure douglas adams did this exact joke but this goes in a very different direction the truth in narration bit mm -hmm. where I, some king at some point said if you're narrating a story it has to be completely factual you can't say 
hers was a face to launch a thousand ships unless you can provide the documentation. The, yeah, exactly. And there were a lot of really great jokes based on that. Oh, there was a good one where they talked about, um, and then uh, the dawn light came over the disc like molten gold. Well, actually, nothing like molten gold because it didn't hurt anyone. It wasn't heavy. More like syrup. If syrup didn't have any weight, like it was a lot of good stuff like that. I love that uh, that literal joke. They did a little bit. In, they. You know, they, they, the people the who people wrote this who book, wrote this book uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Terry Pratchett did that a bit in the last one, too, where he said a, a former patrician had made it illegal to mm-hmm. have uh, to use sort of poetic license like that. Yeah. No, it's it's very good. It's super funny. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of good humor like that. And then there's um, this uh, passage that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there will be a whole book about the Discworld's version of Egypt coming up. Mm-hmm. This is just sort of a reference to it uh, because there's a doomsday prophecy. There's end times coming and the wizards. The A big subplot of this is the wizards trying to figure out what's going on and to beat Rincewind to whatever it is. And the prophecy is inside one of the pyramids in what is effectively their Egypt. Sort. Yeah. With a T. Yeah. And um, there's this great uh, passage that I'm going to read. He read that the Great Pyramid of Sort, now long vanished, was made of 1,003,010 limestone blocks. He read that 10,000 slaves had been worked to death in its building. He learned that it was a maze of secret passages, their walls reputedly decorated with the distilled wisdom of ancient sort. He read that its height plus its length divided by half its width equaled exactly 1.67563, or precisely... 1,237,987 times the difference between the distance to the sun and the weight of a small orange. Math. I I loved that because all that bullshit numerology Mm -hmm. stuff sounds like that. Like, oh no, the four means it's one fourth Mm -hmm. to the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it it perfectly distilled that kind of garbage. And it always comes back to Egypt. Like numerology relates to other things too, but people, and it's always like middle-aged white ladies who are like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no, but the the majesty of the pyramids. It's never going to happen to me because I'm too scared of math. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get into numerology. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, but but that made me laugh. And then there was this whole thing, and I, and we both wrote down that we yes. liked this about um, druids. Yes, I really enjoyed the druids. Um, there's a couple of great things about them. The one thing is that they're sort of um, computer programmers. Yeah, the, that's kind of based a little bit on actual factuals. Well, the 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 premise of the joke is yeah. like Stonehenge is a big clock or a calendar or whatever, and so extrapolating from that, these people who maintain it are IT guys. Yeah, and it's a big computer, and I loved all that. That was really good, and Terry Pratchett loved computer stuff. Yeah, he did. And this was a lot of him talking about that, like with love like he loved all this stuff but he's also like also it's super annoying and sometimes pointless and we enjoy it but it's pointless yeah exactly no and he's got that that very dry british way of looking at it Mm -hmm. where you know defeated by bureaucracy Mm -hmm. and and meaningless forces but also still kind of good humored about it the other thing i liked about the druids is that they uh believed in like mind over matter stuff except it worked Mm -hmm. like they just had to think really hard and believe that rocks could fly and then they would fly and rincewind had to try it as well and Mm -hmm. was like just so bad at it like he just couldn't believe in things this will be we've already seen it a little bit in the first book with the dragons and we're gonna see it throughout the Mm -hmm. entire series that's how magic works on the Mm -hmm. disc if you believe in it it exists that's where their gods come from 
And it's also, it's how magic exists and it's the power of stories. Right. Like that's why stories in the disc world are so powerful. Or stories because, reinforce your belief. Because people believe in them and right. they tell them and they believe right. in them and they think they should be true and then they become true. And if there's one actual overarching, like the, the, all of these books cover so many mm-hmm. different kinds of characters and themes and, and everything. And they're hardly even related in some mm-hmm. ways. But this is a theme that comes up in just about every book. And I love it. It's oh, one too. of my favorite themes in, like, yeah. I know it's a little writery and navel gazy, but I love stories It's okay about if you're stories. good at it. He's so good at it. The thing it. is, if you're, you know, if you're a crummy writer talking about stories and you don't know what you're talking about, then it's annoying. But it's it's not with him. The, the thing that we keep talking about with the books getting better mm-hmm. later is, in addition to all this belief stuff, he, he gains this sort of social awareness. Mm-hmm. Like the the later books are definitely like social justice fantasy, and I love it so I much. Love it so much. There, but there's a glimmer of it here. There was one passage yes. that jumped out at me that I liked quite a bit. That this is a this is just a taste mm-hmm. of what it's going to be like later, and it made me so happy because I didn't think this appeared until like the first guards book, which is like four more books away. Uh, Rincewind stared, and he knew that there were far worse things than evil. All demons in hell would torture your very soul. But that was precisely because they valued souls very highly. Evil would always try to steal the universe, but at least it considered the universe worth stealing. But the gray world behind those empty eyes would trample and destroy without even according its victims the dignity of hatred. It wouldn't even notice them. Oh, the villain in this was quite good, too. Yes. Um, he was, uh, in the first book, the apprentice to the main wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did away with him. Mm-hmm. And now is the main wizard. And he believes in bureaucracy and orderliness and control. Mm-hmm. And it is a much better villain than I would expect, given the quality level of the book, which was pretty good, but not, yeah. it wasn't profound. It no, wasn't but if you're like, still kind of doing a parody of, yeah. of fantasy tropes, then it should just be an evil wizard with a dragon or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know? Like he was a cut above mm-hmm. uh, like uh, the most of the rest of the book mm-hmm. and the way he sort of organized the other wizards into submission and he just wanted to be all powerful and then the spells taking him over and just sort of like blanking him out. It was really good, very powerful. Order. And this is another thing he'll come back to mm-hmm. a lot with the wizards in specific is he's created this and i mean he didn't come up with this idea but created this system through unseen university through the wizards where you advance by killing the person over you and then you take their spot and then you watch for the guy who's going to come kill you and that's in everything that's in Mm -hmm. every fantasy story every sci-fi story has something like that but he thinks that he teases out the logic of it Mm -hmm. and he thinks how would this really work and how would someone game the system to actually get power and not constantly be watching his back? And that's what this guy did. And in the audiobook, his 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 name is pronounced Truman. Mm-hmm. But if you read the book, it's with a Y, like it's Trimon. So I'm not actually sure. Who knows? Yeah, that's another one of those, though. Yeah. But I'm going to probably keep saying Truman because that's the word I heard for six yeah, the hours. Yeah, couple of hours. Yeah. yeah. So if you're, if you're only reading the text version and, and you read it as T-R-Y-M-O-N and you're like, what? who's Truman? That's... That's how they said it in the audiobook, so I assume that's the correct... That might be the correct uh, pronunciation. Who knows? I usually defer to that because I know Terry Pratchett was mm-hmm. involved in like some yeah, of the production he, Yeah, he stuff. was. So if he said that's how it's pronounced, that's probably how it's pronounced. He would know. Oh, he was really good. And actually, there's, speaking of the wizards, there's a uh, passage I highlighted toward mm-hmm. the end of the book there. Um, and the other wizards 
realize that Truman has got all of the spells except the one in Rincewind's head. Mm -hmm. And they realize that he has uh, successfully got all those spells in his head. Mm -hmm. They figured he would just die trying. Right. Um, And they they say this. They say, um, I think we should go up and uh, congratulate him, said Wirt. Congratulate, exploded Rincewind. He stole the Octavo. He locked you up. The wizards exchanged knowing looks. Yes, well, said one of them. When you've advanced in the craft, lad, you'll know that there are times when the important thing is success. Mm -hmm. So even though he's turned super evil, stolen the magic. Well, but he won, though. But we've all dedicated Mm -hmm. ourselves to a life of double crossing Mm -hmm. and and stabbing each other in the back. And that guy stabbed us all in the back. So he did it so good. Good job, that man, (laughs) as as they would say later. So yes, quite good. Okay, so then the, a good portion of this book is what I have chosen as my bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you agree with me on this. Super, yes. One of the supporting characters, one of the, after Rincewind mm-hmm. and Two Flower, probably the next main character. And he comes up again. This he is will not be back the end of him. At least two more times that I'm aware of. <sighs> so you know how there's a famous barbarian character, famously Red played- Red Sonia. no. Famously played in films by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Red Sonia? No, he didn't play Red Sonia. Mm. Pretty sure he didn't. Mm. Conan yes. is his name. Krull. Yeah, no, <laughs> not Krull. <laughs> Lady Krull. No, they already did Krull in the previous book, didn't they? <laughs> I think I, so. Yeah, it was. It was. It actually, what they did in the previous book was just Conan again. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But anyway, his name is Conan. This guy is very old, and his name is. Cohen. Uh-huh. Do, do you get it? Do you? Do you get it? Do you get it? <sighs> Guys. The whole joke is old people. Yeah, it is. And there's so much of it. And that is, that angle is almost never funny to me, even with the added incongruity uh-huh. of him being a barbarian. Like, I actually dove immediately into this book uh-huh. after we'd finished the previous episode. I was excited. Like, ooh, what happens next? I forget. Actually, it's been 10 we're, years. We're recording this, like, immediately after I finished it because I want to read the next book. Like, yeah, and we're, we're recording this with a week lead time just so we can get to the next I one. I want to start the next book now. Yeah, exactly. But then when I got to the Cohen part, I stopped for, like, a week. It was like, I was so excited. I had all this mm-hmm. momentum. And then, oh, shit, that guy. Ugh. And, you know, the idea of what happens to a hero when he gets old is actually kind of interesting it can be there's a lot of that in the toward the end of beowulf that especially for such an old text is pretty like pretty engaging yeah but you say beowulf and now i just think of that robert zemeckis movie no, that not we saw that. not too long not ago not that no, yeah i know not that <laughs> but come on crispin glover killed his mom or something I don't know. Angelina Jolie. They promised me Angelina Jolie was going to be a monster, and she wasn't. No. What's the point of anything? And Crispin Glover's already a monster, so what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, the end of like the end of Beowulf talks a lot about like what happens when heroes are past their prime, and there's a lot of good stuff there. No, there's. And I would say later on we actually get some good meat on this bone about the tired old hero like mm-hmm. in in last hero which is uh an, yeah. an illustrated book yeah actually. yeah yeah but i would say we get some of that with vimes yeah but like some of my favorite stories are about that some of the best mm-hmm. star trek stories are about captain kirk not being able to adventure like he used mm-hmm. to anymore like there's a lot of that it's it's a it's it's good ground for telling good stories, but not when it's ha ha, Grandpa Simpson lost his teeth. Yeah. 
like, okay, I get it. And there's a lot of talk about ointment mm-hmm. and uh, just there's and a, there's can't get boners. They, I didn't catch that. I, I'm sure it was in there, but I did not catch. He that. talks about uh, all of the different types of women he learned to love uh, uh, throughout the uh, throughout the years, and then Two Flower asks him, "Well, now that you're old, what's what do you love?" Mm-hmm in women most and he says you have to find a woman with patience oh yeah right boners yeah and there's not tons of that there's not there's a little bit here and there but he's he you know he's not so bad i'm not above a dick joke oh and he makes some good ones there's some choice dick jokes in the witch's books i'm thinking of is it going nanny og i see those are pretty good but they're very broad dick jokes yeah i know but what i'm thinking of is i think it's going postal Mm mm-hmm one of the Moist Fun Lip Thing yeah. books where the dog, yeah. Yep, yep. Very, very good. That's one of the funniest things yeah. that in all of Disney. And it's world. a thing that only really works in text. Like mm-hmm. if you did it visually, it, it wouldn't would lose. Be funny. Yeah. He just describes a very sla- broad slapstick scene. God, it's so yeah. I, I reread it the first time. Like it can't mean that. And it did. It does mean yeah. that. <laughs> no, he can. He, and even in the young adult, like in mm-hmm. the Tiffany Aching books, he slips one or two, like mm-hmm. not, not like corrupting children. No. Just like, eh, eh, that's all. So yeah, he can do them. But Cohen the Barbarian is just, he's old. That's it. And there's a, there's a famous, you know, there's that famous thing from mm-hmm. Conan. What's the, what is best in life? Yeah. And, and he has this dumb speech about soft lavatory paper and good mm-hmm. shoes and like, a, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. You're old. And it just goes on and on like that. And the scenes are really long. Yeah. My, uh, uh, Cohen, my, my bad thing is a Cohen related thing too. Um, there's a, there, there, um, Cohen saves, uh, a girl called, uh, Beth Ann, mm-hmm. uh, from the Druids who are going to sacrifice her, mm-hmm. uh, which is just, you know, a barbarian rescue thing. Actually, real quick. I want to, I want to, oh, yeah. I want to butt in just cause I had a thing about, uh, I love, Two Flowers' belief, because he's from sort of the... Uh, uh, Agatean Empire. Yeah, which is Asia, which is like what he thinks of priests as being humble with begging bowls. And Rincewind says, what priests? No, they're all about blood sacrifices. Murder. And it's, it was just a nice, quick little yep. East versus West kind of like if two people in medieval times had mm-hmm. met each other. Their views of priests would be very, very. That whole different. sequence was very funny. It was, yeah. Rist- Rincewind's very much, you know, blood priests. to make the blood to make the grass grow. The Inquisition, crazy, wild-eyed people from the wastes who come back and yeah. then just like, yeah, he's yeah. like, he's, priests are like the Inquisition, and 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 two flowers like priests are like the Buddha, and they help organize things and yeah. they help people. And they're humble. They're... They give up all their possessions just so they can help people yeah. and be kind. <laughs> wait, Rin- what? Wait. But that's that relates yeah. to the to the uh, sacrificing scene. Yeah, so they uh, they're they're going to sacrifice her, and uh, mm. she isn't a hundred percent sure about being rescued because um, she's been primed to be a sacrifice her whole life. Yeah, and it's saving herself. Hard. Yeah, um, for yeah, <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. Yeah, there was um, a couple of good virgin jokes. Yeah, they were pretty good. Um, and he, this is just again, some of his early books have a little rough language, and um, Cohen calls her a daft bish because mm-hmm. of he's got no teeth, so old. And oh, that's little, another thing that yeah. I found insufferable about Conan yeah. is all his dialogue. And the audiobook yeah. does a little bit of okay with mm-hmm. it because you at least can understand <laughs> the words. Yeah, all everything's yeah. pronounced like that. And but when you're reading it, it's difficult to understand what's going on. Yeah, and uh, like I say, it's just it was just it wasn't like 
deeply offensive or anything, but it's sort of like it was a little like, eh, I didn't like Yeah, but that. you wouldn't you wouldn't say that there's any Discworld that's full on misogynistic, right? There's no, just a little bit of insensitive. The early stuff is a little like yeah. not not gross or anything, yeah. just a little rough around the edges. Yeah. And actually this book did a better job having like acknowledging the fact that women existed. So that was nice. Yeah. Um uh Beth Ann just sort of is kind of a not much of anything like she doesn't get a whole lot of character she gets a couple of moments but not too much no but... it's basically the old guy gets to find a nice young girl to take care of him which is like Ugh, yeah that okay. was a little meh. but then they sent sort of a red sonia type after them yeah they've, got, they've cool. got the red sonia type after them there's um one of the uh the trolls is a lady troll like it's mm -hmm. just mostly just that there's no standout women characters in this but women exist whereas in the first book there was some question to that, yeah. uh, but this one was not so much well, like that. Well, and this is it. Like, yeah. the next book is all of, like, it's a woman and a young, like an yeah. old woman and a young girl are the main characters. So yeah. we're getting, we're getting to better It's not, there. like, like I say, it doesn't, it doesn't last long. Yeah. Um, and this one's already, again, significantly well, I was, better. I was reading, actually, give me a minute, because mm -hmm. I want to, I want to pull this up on my Kindle and, and give this recommendation, because it's a very good, um... Uh, critical reading of Discworld uh, as uh, uh, through a feminist lens. Uh, it's called Pratchett's Women, mm -hmm. Unauthorized Essays on Female Characters of the Discworld, and it's by Tansy Rayner Roberts. Mm -hmm. I haven't read it yet. I've read excerpts, though, and it looks real good. It's it's very good, and she goes back through the earlier books and says mm -hmm. a lot of what you've said, and the best thing that I got out of here, there's a lot of good stuff, but the best thing I got was she has replaced mm -hmm. uh, the very overused phrase sausage party with cock forest. Ah, it's so good. And she said these first two books are a real cock forest. Delightful. And I immediately knew what she meant. And yeah, you're right. Delightful. Yeah. So that was fun. But yeah, that's a, if you're, if you're interested in sort of deep, you know, a, a deeper dive on that sort of thing, uh, check that book out. It's very good. It is available on the kindle because that's where i got it uh i assume some people also read paper books i cannot guide you there <laughs> um there's like i said before there's a lot of setting up characters and you mm. wouldn't know this reading this book on its own but a lot of characters we will see again um we get the first appearance of the unseen university mm -hmm. librarian who he becomes a major character. He and was he's rad. Yeah, he was uh, via magic transformed into an orangutan, mm -hmm. and he's not quite there yet. But somehow, even though his only the only thing he ever says is "ook," which, by the way, the the audiobook doesn't quite have down yet. Nope. Later on, it becomes so good. Yeah, Nigel Planer really like puts a lot of inflection and a lot of meaning into the various "ooks," but that's the only thing he says. And they managed to, like, Terry Pratchett manages to give him a full character, and you really know who this guy is. And he's an orangutan who says, ook, and works in the library. But it's pretty great. Um, but let, what else? Oh, uh, we go to Death's, like, where Death lives. Oh, actually, that was a, a lady character there that had oh, yeah. some, uh, that had a little a little more meat in her bones. Yeah, Death uh, uh, adopted a human daughter. Yes, and that becomes a major plot point later on, and... She's pretty funny. Yeah. And um, it, it, the whole thing's, that, that whole sequence pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, and at first I thought the audiobook skipped or something because mm -hmm. they're looking at their version of tarot cards yeah. and they look at the death card and suddenly they're in death's house. I'm like, wait, what, what did they die? What happened? And I guess they just got sucked into the card or something like that. Well, um, they gave um, the, 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 the. Bethan. 
She's the one who did the reading. Yeah, she gave them some. I thought was it her? I don't remember. Yeah, it was. but they uh, they gave um, Rincewind some tea that actually mm. kind of half killed him. Ah, okay. But yeah, he and he and Two Flower end up there, and Two Flower just treats it like another. And Two Flower was dead. They were yeah. bringing him back from the life. But bringing he... them back from the life. From the life. You know. Yeah. That common expression. Uh huh. That common accurate expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he treated it like it was just another tourist attraction. Yep. He was taking he took pictures, his camera out, and yeah. the the imp inside drawing, like the painting, everything mm-hmm. is like I don't have enough black and purple. I mm-hmm. can't paint all this. And uh, he's teaching them how to play bridge. Like mm-hmm. it was, it's it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse: is death and and the others, mm-hmm. and, and the rest. Yeah, uh, and and two flowers teaching them bridge. It's all very like mm-hmm. Terry Pratchett's great at getting that like a grand posturing character mm-hmm. saddled with something mundane like is always very death's funny. very good in this too death death came out of the gate pretty strong yeah but he'll get better and better and i think it's book four that focuses largely on mm-hmm. death and we get a lot more of isabel his daughter mm-hmm. and and very much looking forward to that um but all of that was great and will come back of course sort and the pyramids like we talked mm-hmm. about before uh we get the first appearance of the um the trolls made mm-hmm. out of rock and a lot of the how they work like and i think this goes away i don't think they turn into rock at night in the later books they don't but that's a troll thing from fantasy stuff right or from myth yeah he kind of he kind of turns them into his own Mm -hmm. like he starts with the the you know the well-known stuff and i think he kind of adapts it into his own but later on we um deal a lot with uh their silicate brains not dealing well with heat Mm -hmm. uh and they do better in the cold and the city's a bit hot so right no and that that comes up a lot Mm -hmm. which i i do love that because they're basically computers. Their brains are computers mm-hmm. if they're allowed to be. But they, because they live in the warm parts of the disk, everyone thinks that they're stupid. But they're not. They're just... Des- they're they're like, just overheated. They're designed to be in the cold parts, but they come to the disk because that's where the work is. To the city, right. To the city, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's... And, and I love all of that. And again, we'll see a lot more of that later. And it's nice. Um, What else? Um, I loved all of the spell stuff going on in Rincewind's head. Oh, the spell talked to him. Yeah, because in this, um, the spell from the Octavo that's in Rincewind's head and the other other seven spells Mm -hmm. um, all talk to Rincewind. Right. uh, And all of those sequences are really weird and really good. Yeah, there's a funny one where they talk about we were there when the universe started and Mm -hmm. then the eight of them can't agree Mm -hmm. on how the universe started. And there's a lot of like, here's all the different creation Mm -hmm. myths and they all believe a different one. And Rincewind rolling his eyes and yeah. still he, he so desperately wants the world to make sense mm-hmm. and it doesn't. No, and I forgot that about him. Mm-hmm. That And they even talk about it like at the university. You you never paid attention. You always kept talking about how there should be systems mm-hmm. to study and test things. And that's just not how things work here. And he talked again about the camera and how, how he used to like it. Mm-hmm. But now he was so disappointed because it turned out it was just more magic. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know. I thought it could be like light exposed to a certain mm-hmm. kind of chemical that made it like, but that wouldn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense it's yeah. magic it's all magic and yeah. just his I, I liked Rincewind more this read mm-hmm. than I thought I did um, I loved him there's a the, the whole point of the book is that the turtle the great Atuan is going towards um, a, a new star, star that they can't tell what it is it's just getting larger and larger in the sky right and it's red and scary and mm-hmm. Rincewind's not scared of it at all mm-hmm. and two flower talks about how um you shouldn't be scared of it because rincewind's scared of everything mm-hmm. and he's not scared of this is like the only thing he's ever seen that rincewind's not afraid of yeah therefore so it it's can't fine possibly be scary right 
No, and I love the ending, the the payoff to all that, because there was talk in the previous book about what sex is great Atuan, and we find out. Yeah, and they said uh, in the first book, oh, it's dumb. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some philosophers who care, but that's not, like, mm-hmm. information that would be no, interesting that was... to the real world. But that was actually the mission of yep. what they sent them over Because in the it first was philosophers. Place. Right. Because philosophers run that place, right. and those are the only people who care right. about this stuff that doesn't matter. But it turns out it super did. Yeah, because basically the mm-hmm. turtle is spawning mm-hmm. and meeting, you know, going to where the eggs are, mm-hmm. and oh, that was so cute oh and the tiny babies yeah i mean they're the size of planets the tiny babies with the tiny elephants it was it was a very good payoff Yeah, it really was like a lot of times where there's a big apocalyptic thing Mm -hmm. it's usually like and then the world didn't end whatever but here the world wasn't going to end no and he clearly had a plan from the Mm -hmm. beginning so it didn't feel like a cop-out it felt like oh that's what was happening this and whole time. The first time I read it, I didn't know that this is where we were going. No, unfortunately, I remembered that this yeah. time. I kind of wish I'd forgotten, so it could be a surprise yeah, again. I, I remembered it this time because it was such a major point. But mm-hmm. the first time I read through, I had no idea. But it didn't feel unsatisfying. Like, it right. felt like, oh, yes, I did. Like, I this makes sense. Right. No, that was, that was quite good. Uh, oh, I had a note here about uh, the character we will meet in the next book is Granny Weatherwax. And if you haven't read Discworld... All we'll say is she's one of, like, if you made a top three list of the best characters in Discworld, she'd be she on it. She'd be on the top we of might, the list. We might argue over the exact position, but oh, no, Vimes. top of the list. She's the best. Number two to Vimes. Oh, Tiffany's really good too, but uh, mm. Grant but, is the best. But anyway, there's uh, one of the wizards is named Weatherwax, and I was like, ooh, is that a relation? And they are, there's actually a passage in one mm-hmm. of the later books where she just says, ah, as an ancestor, who cares? Yeah, and lots of people in my family are magic. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. So there's no significance to that. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're maybe doing a reread from a long, you know, you haven't read it in a long time, you're like, wait a minute, is that important? No, it's not. I think Terry Pratchett just liked this name. Yeah. It's a good name. Yeah. It's, um, I remember it because uh, I used to watch Lassie reruns, mm-hmm. I don't know, because it was on before something good. And Lassie's trainer was named something Weatherwax. And I was remembering, that's not a name. That's like words, weather and wax. Like that's not, I don't know, maybe he liked Lassie. Englishy English name. Just like uh, if someone's named Gordon, they're probably Canadian. Yeah, probably. Um, What else? Uh, there's a sequence at the beginning of the book I really enjoy uh, where they talk about the gods of the disc mm-hmm. and they've come up a couple of times, but they describe them as very bourgeoisie and how anyone who's kind of um, sophisticated finds the gods a bit embarrassing Yeah, because they're always, you know, stealing each other's cows. Well, and, and there's like... a, there's a fun, like a nice way to take mm-hmm. them out of play in this mm-hmm. is they're involved in like a neighbor dispute with mm-hmm. the ice giants and so the whole time the gods should be intervening during this crisis they're fighting with their neighbors and so they're not About in the story who has the lawnmower yeah or the, and that's something. it's really yeah. something that's stupid but i like that he remembered that he set up these gods mm-hmm. and like oh crap they would just stop this so but i'll don't. just write them off yep for some dumb reason, and it's perfect. And from here on in, that's pretty much it. Like, they there's, there's will little... occasionally intervene, depends. But they don't intervene too much. No, it's but very, we will get limited. stories about gods. Mm-hmm. One of the best early books yes. is about gods. That is, yeah. that one really holds, that's still one of my favorite books, yeah. even in context of yeah. all the books. Quite, quite good. Yeah. Um, I think I want to go ahead and read the uh, the quote that I had picked. Very good, and then I will read my quote. This one is quite good, especially keeping the um, the sexism in mind, because mm-hmm. you can tell he's trying to get a little better about it, but also there's a thing, and I've read this, and I'm sure you know a lot better than I do, because you know fantasy better than I do, 
where it's a long it's a, it's 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 yes. gone on forever this problem where you write a woman mm-hmm. and someone just draws a giant chested naked broad mm-hmm. like here's here's your woman character that's not what i meant at all why is she like this because she's supposed to look tough yeah well, she breasted boobily. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and he actually does a nice bit mm-hmm. of meta humor here. Um, and this is about the Red Sonia character that's coming after them. Uh, and it says, uh, in fact, the hero, even at this moment, galloping toward the vortex planes, didn't get involved in this kind of argument because they didn't take it seriously, but mainly because this particular hero was a heroine, a redheaded one. Now, there's a tendency at a point like this to look over one's shoulder at the cover artist and start going on at length about leather, thigh-high boots, and naked blades. Words like full, round, and even pert creep into the narrative (laughs) until the writer has to go and have a cold shower and a lie down, which is all rather silly because any woman sitting out to make a living by the sword isn't about to go around looking like something off the cover of the more advanced kind of lingerie catalog for the specialized buyer. (laughs) So I like, I don't know if he was having problems with his cover artist or just making a joke, but I love his just like, no, just don't. Not that, not that. Just don't, please. Well, it's a fa- that's definitely a fantasy thing. And I will say, like, I was a little, like, when we got the Red Sonia analog, mm-hmm. I was I was a little, I was kind of excited to see what he'd have to say about that type of fiction. She was barely uh, in she it. She was barely in it, and there wasn't much to her. And she was an obstacle. Yeah. She was, they needed someone chasing them. And, and to his credit, it could have been a dude, yeah. and he made it a woman, and that's good. But No, it wasn't like, it wasn't, she wasn't bad or anything. No, but it there was, wasn't much to her. Yeah, it was, it was mostly just because... I wanted to see what he had to say yeah. about this. Uh... Well, this is, pr- as far as mm-hmm. I can remember, the last parody we're going to get. Yeah. From this point forward, everything is, you know. There might be a couple of parody characters. I oh, think. there's parody characters. But, there's definitely, yeah. like, because there's a lot of pastiche and mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, borrowed from this and that. But the last book was very much four segments mm-hmm. that were each parodies of a thing. This is significantly less parody. Yeah, there's and still parody in this, but it's not like no. It's most I of mean, the book. but Cohen is a big parody, mm-hmm. like you know. But it is. Yeah, and we're gonna get less and less as we go on. Uh, Eric is a direct parody of mm-hmm. Faust, but beyond that, I think we're in the clear for that stuff. Yeah. So you're not gonna get a lot of what does he have to say about this? Oh, and the amazing Maurice, is the oh. Pied Piper. I think we're gonna pretend that one doesn't exist in the reading order because oh, it's, it's not a so bad. Yeah, we'll see. That's the only one I think that's like. Moving Pictures is pretty bad. Moving Pictures has a couple of good things yeah, in it, though. But uh, the Amazing Maurice is, is one that we completely agree had nothing. Like there was nothing redeeming. There were no characters, I didn't no like story elements. Anything about it? Nope. Which and it was long. I like Terry Pratchett so much. Yeah, me Even too. his weaker books, I can see like, oh, this is pretty good. This there's this to like and that to like. I don't remember. I, I hated the. The Amazing thing is, I, it's one of those tertiary books. It's not yeah. part of the main series. We could technically just not read it. We'll, we'll we'll see. see when we get near the end, and we're like, oh, I don't want to stop yet, or if we're sick and then of we it, we want to punished for it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> we definitely are doing the Tiffany Aching books. Yes, because I love them. But as far as like um, uh, Amazing Maurice, mm-hmm. or even the Last Hero, Where's My Cow? Mm-hmm. Like, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Those will be the Patreon bonuses. Give us money. Yeah, we that, don't have we a don't, Patreon. We don't yet. have a Patreon. I'm not saying we're never going to have one, but right now we do not. Give have me one. money. Please don't give us money yet. Give me money until we have something to ask money for. Just give it. No. Yes. Read your passage, please. Okay, my passage. Are they going to give me money for it? No. Oh. You're reading someone else's book that that you know. Money. No. <laughs> okay, so this is this one's not funny. 
it's just a really poignant turn of phrase and it's something that I really like about Terry Pratchett is as well as being funny and good at characters he turns a really beautiful phrase he and does this one just sort of jumped out at me as, as sort of the prose poetry of it yeah as the prose poetry of it it's something that he's going to do more of later on but it's never distracting it's never no. too much no. but it's just like some nice beautiful no, he touches. writes he's a good writer yes. in addition to be a good storyteller they're two different skills and he's got both yep but uh so it's it's, it's short uh and it's there was the faintest of pure sounds high and sharp like the breaking of a mouse's heart it's just it's just really choice. Honestly, so I mean, and that's a little funny. It sounds, you know, like a bit Douglas Adamsy, a bit, yeah. you know, they hung there the way bricks don't, that yeah. kind of thing. But it was just a really good image and it stuck with me. Like I, I remembered that after I had finished the book and that was near the beginning of the book. It oh, just yeah. really caught in the back of my craw. That's quite good. Well, but speaking of his word usage, uh, I want to now yes. uh, do the cliche count. Yes. Uh he did not use the word surreptitious or surreptition or anything like that even once. Uh, he used susuration twice. Two times. But the grand prize goes to gingerly. <laughs> Nine times. It was in there so much. I told, And these are things that jump out at me mm -hmm. because I just, I, I have a brain for sound. Like when I hear the same sound a mm -hmm. bunch, I just remember it. And my brain just works like that. And listening to the audiobooks, I just, oh, he said gingerly again? again? Yeah. And one of them may have been a pun mm -hmm. because for a while they were hanging out in an abandoned witch's uh, gingerbread yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. So gingerly might have been like, mm -hmm. wink, wink, ginger. Eh? I, but then use it there and then don't use it eight the other, other eight times. times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the other one that we were starting to uh, keep an eye on was... Um, Something blank, that yeah, to blank other concept is a thing that happened to other people. That actually did not appear yet. Like he hasn't used it yet, but getting there. There's one that is very close. Uh, oh yes, said Two Flower, to whom sarcasm was merely a seven-letter word beginning with S. That was real Get, close. Getting there, getting there. Believe me, it's another thing that will just happen a lot to other people. Yes, I mean, and he does, as you say, turn a phrase so well mm -hmm. that it's it's, it's jarring. That he's got a couple of crutches like that. Every writer's got crutches. He does, know. but it they do. But he is so good. Yeah. So it's kind of it's funny to. Yeah, his ginger surreptitious mm -hmm. susurrus mm -hmm. happens to other people. Mm -hmm. You know, happens to us. We're the other people. Yes, that's true. And this may only be funny to us. This may be one of those things that nobody else cares about. But oh well. You're gonna come to care about it. You're going to get invested after book twenty. You might. Yeah. You'll see, especially when the count goes to nine or above for all of these things. Ginger, that nine times for a really... For a 200-page book, book. That's a lot. Like and the audiobook was six hours. That's a short book. That's not a word. That's not like a, a word you can miss. That's a no, real... No, I didn't like, count the thes or the yeah. wases or something. Yeah, or said or yeah. like that's a that's a real or rinse wind. Yeah, that's a, that's a real like showstopper of a word. You notice that word. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I noticed it nine times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, so that's pretty much it for this time. Yeah, that's all I have to say about this. All right. So, uh, next time, January 15th, mm -hmm. 2019, first show of the new year, Ooh. we will be reading Equal Rights, yeah. R-I-T-E-S, yeah. uh, which is about a girl who wants to become a wizard, which is why it's spelled that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and first appearance- Pretty good. First appearance of Granny Weatherwax, uh, first appearance of a character that will finally get a payoff in the very last book of the series. That's why I read this one not too long ago because there was a lot of talk about this character at the very end, and I was like, mm -hmm. I don't remember anything. Yeah, what about did she? This. What was she up to? What was at her the whole deal? Yeah, it's pretty good. 
we'll see. I have no memory yeah. apart from Granny Weatherwax being not quite there She's yet. She's off model right now. Well, it's because, and this isn't really a spoiler mm-hmm. for those of you who haven't read yet, um, she is one witch... And usually she's in the classic trio. Mm-hmm. She is the crone to two other Him. characters, the other one, yes. to the other two characters, Maiden and Mother. Mm-hmm. And in this, she's a witch by herself, so she, we don't have that dynamic. So it's a little little off, a little different. And there's some stuff she does that, again, it, it feels off model, not quite not Yeah, quite but for there. book three of 30, that's not too bad. Uh, or it's, 40. It's pretty, it's not bad, though. Yeah. Like her character is, you can definitely see the character there. Yeah. So look forward to that. Yeah. Um, we are excited. Like I'm probably going to start it as soon as tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Until, until we get to, I don't know, even moving pictures I'm excited about because there's a character I really like that makes Maybe I'll like it more in context. Uh, it's the first appearance of Gaspode who yeah, I quite like. I like Gaspode too. So yes. we'll see. Uh, but that's like book nine or 10 or something. We'll get there later. Uh, so that's all for this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, copyright 2018. For full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcasts.com. <laughs>